eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome everyone back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the Podcast of Champions talking all things. What what was that energy? Pac-12 football. I couldn't keep your low level of energy down that long. I just had to show I could mimic you and then jump right back into my routine being really excited to talk about some Pac-12 football. Uh, if you're joining us on any of those podcasting platforms like we normally do, that's awesome. And if you're watching us live on YouTube or watching the replay on YouTube, thanks for doing that. It's a new thing we've been doing this year, simulcasting on the YouTube. So, you know, see our pretty faces or just see our faces, I we guess. We did a great job previewing this show, like letting people know the time, uh, getting them all excited for it. Well, we, we're doing the same time kind of every week, and we mm-hmm. tweeted it out 17 seconds before we went live. <laughs> so that's perfect. <laughs> and we set the time wrong initially oh, on yes. the actual schedule. I did So that. there was a lot of really good stuff happening, and we're excited to try to – because I think we felt a little bit uncomfortable with so many people watching last week. I mean, yeah. we had between 40 and 50 people most of that show, yeah. so we wanted to winnow that down again. Yeah. Uh, Make it so that like it's an even the, dozen. It's or the so. iron core of POC <laughs> listeners now. We, uh, the first comment we see pulling up there, poor Anthony, he's like, oh, great, a night podcast. I'll see you guys at 9.15 p.m. I think that might have been sarcastic. I think he might have knew that we didn't weren't doing the night podcast. But <laughs> thanks, Anthony, for – yeah, here we got Cheeky Bruin. He was like, uh, I was hoping for a uh, a 9 p.m. show. Uh, nope, no, no, 9 no, p.m. No, show. Never, never. Um, That's way past my bedtime. Yeah. Uh, we can't do that. We were going to try to do one yesterday, just kind of last minute, but you know, probably Thursday mornings would be a normal thing. But we appreciate you all if you're tuning in live or watching later on or just listening later on. All of that, uh, we appreciate all of it. If you want to send us a question, man, I haven't even looked at the questions this week. I'm sure they're crazy. Pac12podcast at gmail.com is the email address. We get a lot of emails there, but you can also call or text us at 424 532 0678. Send us a text, leave us a voicemail. 
didn't check those either, Dave, so I'm going to be doing those on the fly. Uh, you can tweet us at Podcast uh, for the Twitters. Uh, that's mostly me, but then if I say something crazy that Dave doesn't like, he'll jump on there. So that's what I try to do, just to kind of encourage him to use that uh, handle. He, I don't he, even do that anymore. I just respond to it from my own. True. Uh, full disclosure, I was like, hey, can you tweet out a link to the show? He had no idea where the, the video for the show was, so... That that's the kind of co-host I'm dealing with, everybody. So he he didn't know where our video list existed. Listen, I yes. provided photos, I provided <laughs> spreads, I I did so much for this show today beyond all of the things I usually do. Right, like so many things that go into the production of this show. It must feel like you've done a lot because when you went from zero to like putting the the, the pics in, like the spreads, like twelve lines of. Of text. Now, did you send now, me that's two? Like did you send me two? more than you did before. Did you send me, I think, three entirely different reminders to put the pics into this the, I into did. the document? Yes. Yes. That that's what were that. they necessary? <laughs> also, <laughs> probably yes. <laughs> Go over on Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash podcast of champions. Talk with other POC listeners. And uh, if you're on the Apple Podcasting app, that's like the main one. That's like the mothership of podcasting apps. A lot of people have iPhones. Even I broke down and got an iPhone now. Use that Apple Podcast app on there. Click over there. Look at the Podcast of Champions. First of all, you should be following us, which means subscribe. Do that. And then click five stars. Talk trash to us, whatever you want to do, but leave us a five-star review. We love it. It's awesome. It really helps grow the show. We probably have way more five-star reviews than our show deserves, but we thank you all for doing that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We yeah. don't We don't have more than we deserve. We okay, don't? Do you want the most recent one? Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. This is from CBY04, five-star review. Well-rounded. Came for the insight on conference realignment. Stayed for regional pricing updates of cookies and ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> That's what we do. I don't even remember doing that. Yeah, uh, we did. We talked about Diddy Reese when your, uh, oh, when your like, yes, cousin yes. came to visit or whatever. Diddy Reese, yeah. Uh, Diddy. Or D- do you say Diddy or Diddy? I say Diddy. We, Diddy. we already talked about we this, talked too. About we this talked too. about this like three weeks ago. But I just thought I heard you say Diddy. That's why I was like, did he change it? I don't that... know. I'm a little congested, so things might come out a little bit weird. Nice. Uh, I'm giving well, Ryan wait, COVID right wait now. Wait till come into the studio and give me the Rona. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I'd like to get to I want to thank our sponsor, uh, my bookie, because they've been great. And uh, I had a great week with my picks. I know I was just... Uh, are, you, are you that... Are you that down that six and five is a great week for your well, picks? I put more money on certain teams that I was more confident in, like USC over Stanford. And so it was a good week on the betting side. So that was good. Uh-huh. Uh, over at my bookie. So you can double your deposit. If you haven't been over there before, make sure you go check it out. Double your first deposit at my bookie. You got to use the promo code PAC12. Follow along with us. It's been fun. I've been betting all of my picks on there. And like I said, I, I might. You know, slightly ones I feel more confident in. I'll put a little more cash on. So that's been uh, that's been fun. And uh, I, you know, we take these picks really seriously. If you saw the the tweet I had after the Stanford game, we're like in the parking lot. I'm watching Oregon State and uh, and Fresno State on my phone. Went a little crazy when Jack Coletto, the hammer, punches it in, and Oregon State gets the win in the cover. The only game Dave and I had differently. It means a lot. It's not just the money. It's more about these picks. But now that there's some juice on it, I got some juice on it. I'm like really excited. So yeah, I I didn't love that because I had to sit there and root against Oregon State at the end, and I'm like, I don't want to be in this position again. Yeah, I think my my rule is going to be I'm only going to go against the Pac-12 team in non-conference games if you are joining me. Okay, I don't want to be in that position where I'm like, you know, this is tough. I can't. I, I've got like divided interests here. 
Except for Notre Dame versus Cal, because that's going to be brutal. Okay. Um, I'm curious where we get our picks go for that one. But yeah, so you can double your deposit. Uh, promo code PAC12. Check it out. Follow along with me. Um, yeah, so did a little bit better this week, which was was nice. And of course, I beat Dave in the picks. That was really, really important. You want mediocrity? You want like, we cover the Pac-12 like nobody, right? We've been doing this longer. We know what's going on. We are 11-11-1 in our picks against the spread. Hell yeah, so baby. That is like, that is... So on brand for our show, the mediocrity level is just like at the at its peak. Like you, I was six and five, and five and six, and you were five and six and six and five. I mean, just like yeah, it's gorgeous. Hopefully, we do better this we're week. We're good at what we do. I mean, I hopefully when we get out of the fifty point spreads where you're just like, I don't know, do they want to score that many? Like <laughs> Utah never wants to score that many, and they do. I you know, I I mean, I don't know. There was a lot of weird kind of stuff going on. Um, okay. Uh, as far as like newsy stuff goes, so survival pool. Oh, I didn't look at the, did you see what the update was like? Who, um, man, I, if I don't mess with the emails, it's like, there's all this crap in there. Uh, so yeah, but when you do, then it's very hard for me to sift through because I'm used to seeing it with all the crap in there. Right. Uh, all right. So of the 254 entries that qualified for week two, 209 survived. Okay. 42 failed to pick. And three were eliminated due to misplaced greed, meaning that they picked Colorado. Two weeks in a row, people picking Colorado? People think they're being very clever doing that. And I want to, again, reinforce to you, this is an 11-team survivor pool. Colorado is going to lose all 12 games this year. Yeah. So Um, if we get to week 12 and we've all picked all the teams, which, frankly, is not going to happen, uh, we're all going to lose on that final week because Colorado isn't going to win a game this year. Wow. Um, yeah. So stop picking Colorado, people. Yeah. Please uh, stop doing that. And uh, I and don't... you know what else? They're not going to win this week either. Okay. They're yeah. not going to win a game this year. Um. Yeah. You got to put your picks in too. I mean, everyone, get your picks in there. Uh, we'll try to put the li- we put the links. I've tweeted the links out, and so the fact that forty something people didn't put their picks in, a little disappointing. But hey, you know, you're now out. No more jockey potential jockey gift cards for you. <laughs> so everyone else, we got the core group um in there so i'm this week i'm going to go with washington i'm sorry i'm going with arizona state and dave i'm going with washington state okay so we're uh we're different we were because i have a theory that we'll go over about washington state nice okay it's um, not flattering it's not flattering uh did you know um so jackhammercoletto.com is a thing and you can buy you can buy gear should we buy some gear? jackhammer coletto i feel gear? like we need to yeah Probably. Uh, dude, like, yeah, that was awesome. So I, I found that out and I was like, oh, we got to share that with people. And then UCLA Regents had another meeting. There were some transfer you tweets from Chip Kelly. He deleted or something. Maybe give us a, what's a UCLA, right, what's going on so, with this UCLA stuff? Um, I don't want to belabor this too much because like, I don't want to just dump on a social media intern. Um, UCLA tweeted out a thing saying we're transfer you, um, in a, in a misguided attempt to market the program. Because they've had 20 starters um, come from the transfer portal. Um, obviously, that could cause some problems with high school recruiting if you're marketing yourself as transfer you. It's it's doing your negative recruiting for you. Um, and you generally don't want to do that from the official Twitter account of the football team. So Chip Kelly, when he was asked about it yesterday, said that was a mistake. You know, that's not what we're about. Yada, yada, yada. You know, I mean... Stupid stuff happens. You could get all conspiratorial. Well, did Chip Kelly know? Was it blowback that made him stop? Or maybe he's just not all up on the Twitter account for the UCLA football team. Doesn't really matter. 
it's all very stupid. It'll be used in negative recruiting, but it already was. I mean, it's it's a it's a nothing. Um, okay. I was just wondering, I saw some people kind of commenting on that. Um, Chad had a comment. When I first started listening to this podcast, it was so funny. I thought for sure it was edited. But then I realized that would be too much work for these guys. Seeing the comedy live is fantastic. Oh, well, thanks. That's like a nice thing. That's a really nice thing. Jeez. And there's literally none of it planned. Like, it's just, <laughs> we just go. No, it's, it's all, well, and that's why most of them are the same jokes just over and over and over right. again. Phoenix. And we don't remember. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I got to put that one up there. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't remember what we say, so we could be saying the same jokes over and over, but you know, that's just what it is. Uh, okay. So I think that was all that sort of newsy stuff. We're going to just jump right into stuff. Let's, uh, do our pack 12 roundup. And, uh, we're going to go in reverse order of our, uh, power rankings. Like we normally do overall week two, like I said, I was six and five against the spread. Dave was five and six and we're both 11, 11. And one now, uh, we did survive our survival pool. Uh, both had Cal, and uh, they they won, but it wasn't. Um, it was it was close. It was yeah. close. Close. What did I say? Closer than the experts think. Yes, it was sort of like that. All right. Um, probably going to be our number twelve team for the rest of the year. I don't know if we need to, to even mention this, but we have Colorado Buffalo. You know. For an FCS school, Colorado really held it close till halftime. I mean, when you're going at the Air Force Falcons mm. and you're coming in, you're just like, you know what? We're going to do our best. We're going to try our best. Being down 10 at halftime with a chance to win, um, you know, that's 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 something to – Oh, wait, Colorado's a Power 5 team? <laughs> oh, shit. Um JT Shrout uh, is not the answer at quarterback because no one is. Uh, because this is Carl Durrell's offense, baby. Um, no matter who you stick back there, they're going to be terrible. Because, and I, I, I hate that I have to keep reinforcing this, this is Carl Durrell's offense without 2004-2005 UCLA-level talent. Mm. And you're not scheming around anything. You are attempting to out-execute everyone. And the only way that works is if you have NFL talent up and down throughout your offense. They don't. And so uh, you're left with uh, JT Shrout, who's a quarterback with an arm. He can throw a football, uh, throwing the ball 21 times for 51 yards. 51. What was your favorite yard? (laughs) There was a point in this game. I mean, he finally eclipsed two yards per attempt, which is impressive. (laughs) There was a point in this game where he was well under two. And, like, I, that point was in the third quarter. Um, Colorado was horrible. Um, Air Force wasn't even really that impressive. Like, they looked pretty good, but they weren't that impressive. Um, a really good team probably would have murked Colorado by about uh, seven touchdowns. Um, they lost by 31, 41 to 10. Uh, I tweeted after this game, and I think it holds true. No one is catching up with how bad Colorado is this year. Like, every single week, it's going to be worse, not better. And so the line, always take the other team, no matter what. (laughs) It doesn't matter what the line is because this level of nuclear trash is going to melt down so fast, so fast that you cannot catch up with it. Mm. Uh, (laughs) It's hard hard to follow that up. Five of 12, five of 21 for 51 yards. Like, come on. Um, that's, that's bad. It was raining, right? So there's that, like there was kind of fun to see the ponchos and everything on there. 
Um, this is the sixth time since the start of 2021 that Colorado's been under 100 passing yards. So in the last, you know, what is that, 15 games or something or, or 14 games, mm-hmm. um, six of them, they've had less than 100 passing yards. So that's not good. Um, 23.8 completion percentage. That's the worst in a game since 21.4. That was against Oklahoma in 2006. Um, and that was a, uh, there was a three of 14 passing game for 39 yards. So this, this is the kind of epic performance from an offense that you want. Like, it's just so bad. It's just, it's unwatchable. It's, it's bad. Um, you get the Iowa vibes. I need to dig into more what's going on with Iowa. Um, did you hear the troll job that they did like with through cameo? Um, it was pretty funny. What uh, league are they in? That's the big 10. Oh, right, right, right. No, I don't follow that league. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. Do you realize they've scored 14 combined points in the two weeks of college football so far there, but there was two offensive scoring drives. I think it was a 14 yard touchdown drive and a five yard field goal drive. Oh, they did score again. I thought it was, they, they're held to seven. Uh, no, they were. This was for the season. Oh, right. The previous right. week, they right, had right, like right, a right, five right, right. five yard scoring drive that landed in a field goal, and then the other two were safeties. And then the <laughs> touchdown drive was fourteen yards, like it was a muff punt or something. Like it's so bad. And then you know the Kirk Ferentz, like her, his son is the offensive coordinator. Brian. Oh, you know how much I love that. Did you? So you didn't see the trolling? Like no. This okay. So. Cameo is a thing. I don't understand it too much, but basically, like, hey, you're a celebrity. You pay a certain amount of money, and the cameo they'll send you like a video of like, hey, David, you know, chin up. I know you you suck on the podcast, but you're going to get better. You know, stuffing <laughs> like that. Like, I know Ryan's so good, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, hard yeah, for you to yeah, be yeah, there. Yeah. So it would be something like that. Like that would be a fun cameo. Like someone send that to you. Uh, have like Chip Kelly do it or something. But so they go to Bob Stoops, who you know was at Iowa before, and then the Iowa basketball coach and basically troll him by saying like hey brian so you're speaking to brian friends the offensive coordinator like so it like bob stoops is saying you know you probably need to get out of the family business um go like basically saying like get away from like you don't you know want to be doing this i think the basketball coach was like yeah you should go back to new england because he was with the patriots before i mean just completely trolling so they're saying something to this guy brian not you know unbeknownst to them or maybe they knew and they were doing it anyway they're basically talking about the nepotism of you know the offensive coordinator at Iowa. I mean, it's like um epic trolling that you would love. That, that's something I think you would just. I will. Rush. I will. I will. I will check it out. Yeah, I know we got an Iowa tangent, but uh, it the offense was that bad. Um, all right, we got our number eleven team, Stanford Cardinal. And so I got, I got some. Wait, hold on. Oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, they were yeah, playing. They, they played up. They're playing a Pac-12 team, so yeah, I got to mention yeah, yeah, the yeah. team they're playing, the number one team, USC Trojans. And that wasn't me picking that. That was Mr. David Woods over there. This it's I just so used weird his when tweet. You point that way. Is it's it? so weird, David Woods. Um, all right, I got some consternation about this on both ends from people because they didn't watch the game and just box score watched, and oh. so they looked at it and said, "Oh, it was only a 13 point game." No, it, it wasn't. wasn't, guys. Um, so first, uh, a few different things. One, uh, David Shaw is a coward. Stanford is full cowardice. Uh, they gave up on this game. There was three. What was it? Just under three minutes to go, and they had the ball, and they what did they do? Run it a couple of times. Uh, yeah, something like that. I and take forever. Like they had no interest in even trying to score again. 
they wanted to keep it semi-respectable and keep it at 13 points. Uh, ridiculous end of game. That being said, this game was a blowout um, at halftime. Like it was, if USC had decided that they wanted to score seventy in this game, they probably could have. Uh, in the second half, they. My impression of watching it was that they really dialed it back. Uh, they only scored two field goals after halftime and just kind of decided to play keep away. Um, but when this game was actually competitive, it was it was a nonsensical blowout. Um, so the thing I will say is USC's defense does appear to be vulnerable uh, in the same way that you might argue that, like, I don't know, 2017 Oklahoma's defense was vulnerable. Um, Will it matter? Only if you are playing a team with an electric offense. You know what Stanford's offense isn't? Electric. Mm. Uh, They can run the ball, and they ran the ball really effectively in this game. Uh, I think that's probably the main issue with USC's defense right now is that teams can run on it. I think we can say that now definitively. Because Rice was able to when that game was not silly, and then Stanford was able to throughout most of this game. So I think you can say USC's defense is vulnerable to the run. The problem is, um, until shown otherwise for a longer period of time than a second half where they were just trying to play keep away, that offense is going to score, I don't know, on 90% of drives, something like that. And most of the time, it's going to be touchdowns. Uh, It's already, to my eye, USC already looks like... um, not one of the like best Oklahoma teams under Lincoln. I hate you so much. I just I do. Uh, not one of the best teams under Lincoln Riley, but no. like a good team yeah. under Lincoln Riley. It already looks like one of those Oklahoma teams, complete with the flawed defense that will probably cost them at least a game or two this year. Hundred percent. But good enough that they have they have the potential every single week to blow a team out, no matter who that team is if that offense doesn't come ready to play. Yeah, it was, I mean, the offensive performance was just impressive and they sort of like, I think there was some complacency and stuff in the second half, but the, the first five drives for USC were five touchdowns and they weren't like short field turnover. They were, you know, long drives, all touchdown drives. USC never even faced a third down in those five drives, you know, uh, they forced turnovers. The defense gave up a ton of yards. Like they were giving up a ton of yards, but They've had they had eight tackles for loss against Stanford. Um, it's boomer bust. It's like, a lot of boomer bust, but a lot of tackles for loss well, and, and a lot of turnovers. Uh, can we say one other thing about yeah. Stanford really quick? Tanner McKee looked like ass in this game. He was okay. So they they unveiled a brand new offense. Oh, you didn't like the slow mesh? I love the slow <laughs> mesh. It's fun. Like I, you know, if you watch Wake Forest play, <laughs> let's let's but, make Stanford's offense. Slower. But let's add another slow element to Stanford. It's actually it's per like when you think about it, like why didn't I think of this? Why didn't I think like Stanford's gonna run like literally the only Dave Clausen at Wake Force is the only person that runs this. Can we waste another half second? How? <laughs> That's a good point too. But it's a fun offense. I mean, they were in the ACC championship game last year. He turned Wake Forest into, you know, a power in the ACC. And this was they didn't show it against Colgate. To me, this David Shaw put in everything into trying to win this game like they pulled except out. the last three minutes where they just gave up on the but football was, game but the things have to go their way like stanford when they do this they get a lead and they just kind of keep you at bay right they, they they're like the the big brother they're just putting their hand on your head and they're not letting you trying to swing at you usc was too explosive on offense and just got a lead and then they would turn the ball over and you just never going to catch up so it didn't go the way stanford needed this to go but i could see them winning some games playing this but 
the fact that no one even knew that this was happening and they didn't show any of this offense the week before, it's like, to me, this was David Shaw putting all eggs into this basket to try and beat USC, and it wasn't close. Um, I'm curious to see how the rest of the Pac-12 kind of uh, adopts this because I thought they did a really nice job with it. Like the the run was working early, where USC, you know, defenders weren't picking up on the the slowness of it, and the running back would just have you know eight yards and and keep running. And then when USC started to kind of take that run away. The play action worked really well off it. They'd run a reverse off it. So to me, this was like to have a brand new offense. I thought they executed it like really well. Um, so kudos to Stanford for that. Like they, you know, they changed their defensive front. They changed the whole offense. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm going to be a little more optimistic on Stanford the rest of the way. But the yeah, fact yeah. that they very very strong uh, Rick Neuheisel going to the pistol vibes. You think it? Yeah, yeah just it's the, not going to work. Okay. Well, that, I'm curious to see, but that's. Uh, I think that would be the most discouraging thing is that Stanford put a lot into this to like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna take down USC, and it wasn't, no, it wasn't close. Um, but you know, see, I, I'm a, I'm still. I mean, I've told you I was a little more optimistic on the Cardinal last last week, um, and you said no, stick to your convictions and stuff. So I'm like, I will do that. Uh, the uh, the Air, we both got Air Force right, so we we had 17 and a half, and uh, Colorado didn't get close. We both got this one right. We both took USC uh, minus eight. So so far, our picks are looking good, and they must get worse later. Uh, speaking of later, our number ten team, California Golden Bears. Holy shit, man! Uh, UNLV went at Cal and should have won. Like. Cal looked like yeah. booty in this Cal game. was a 13-point favorite. We both took Cal, and we were both wrong. Cal's offense is back to being just absolute dog doo-doo. Um, they can't run the ball, really. Um, and Jack Plummer, I don't know. He's just okay. He's certainly not a Garbers by any stretch of the imagination. Uh They jumped out to a 14-0 lead, Cal did, and then they just decided, I don't know, we're going to sit on the ball. That's that's enough points. We're good to go. Let's just chill. It's sort of like an Iowa thing. Uh, UNLV, um, they moved the ball okay. Um, you know, I think Cal's defense is probably fine. Um, and I think UNLV is uh, decently coached, I would say. Um, but this was a six-point game. Cal won 20-14. to 14. Um, I'm, So now we've, we've sat through two weeks of Cal playing you know borderline whether or not they should even be fbs teams um and walking away with two relatively unconvincing wins um you know they're the reason we are tied they're the reason we're 11 and 11 and one they're the one um because they they didn't even beat the spread against uc davis and now they 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 failed to cover against unlv cal may not be nine and three this year ryan is what i'm trying to say you don't think so (laughs) may not I don't it think I picked them to be nine, nine and three. three. I just and it's funny the the no truck stops people are like arguing they're they're saying that Cal's going to be just god awful like they're two and zero oh. like I just thought they would be a bowl team I thought they'd be like six and six or something you know um, you know the freshman uh, Jaden Ott uh, I think he might have been freshman of the he was freshman of the week one week or whatever but he had two more touchdowns in this one. Uh, they did need that red zone stand in the fourth quarter, and then they still had to defend a Hail Mary like against UNLV. UNLV was one in thirteen, one for thirteen on third down. That's pretty bad. Um, you know, the one thing and the other thing about Cal is they were zero for their last five in one possession games. 
So this shouldn't have been a one possession game, but it was, and they end up winning. Um, but I feel like they've just sort of been, you know, they got snake bit with the Arizona game last year and the COVID stuff. They've lost close games. I feel like, remember when we were talking? They've just been snake bit. They had to play against mighty UNLV at home. That's true. Well, they, they won this one. I mean, they're yeah. 2-0. No, but like, uh, that's why it was such a competitive game because it's, you yeah. know, it's the mighty. Maybe they tank. I, I don't know. But they're, I just feel like they're going to be slogging enough to be in a lot of games. And they're just going to be in a whole bunch of coin flip games. And if you're in a bunch of coin flip games and you're starting off 2-0, like, I don't know. I, I feel like they could go um, bowling. But the last time they won a one-score game was against Oregon. I picked Cal to go 8-4. and four. Ooh, I don't think I did. I think I thought, I think I might have done 7-5. and five. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things they've, they've lost close ones. You know, I, I think they can play to their level of competition. So if you look at them like, Oh, they were bad against UNLV. Like, well, they'll, they'll be better when they play Oregon, you know, like they'll just be better when they play better teams, but I feel like they'll just be in like these coin flip games. And if they win some of the one possession ones, you know, they'll, they'll go to a bowl, but uh, I don't know about that. I, I, I think, uh, bad, you think they're just trash. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, <laughs> I think your quality shows when you can't even get out of one score games against bad teams, and UNLV's still a bad team. Uh, yeah, they're a bad team. It's not like oh yeah, we're just gonna play everyone to this level. Hmm. I don't think Cal's like hiding some hidden talent where they're like oh yeah, we can really play up to USC. No, they're gonna get smashed by like forty two points against USC. Yeah, I think we 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 probably should have got this one right, but. We didn't, yeah. uh, but we're, I think we're we're better on the bottom. Uh, you know, we got Colorado right, we got Stanford hey, speak right. Speak for yourself. And we <laughs> and uh, we got this one right. Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> Our number nine team. Uh, they were getting eleven points, and we they were they were they were uh, messing with us for a while in this. They game, were, though. but you knew the way it was going to come out. Yeah, yeah, ASU was looking really competitive for a while. Um, this I won't say really competitive. Let's not go that far. Let's not go crazy now. But it was twenty to ten uh, heading out of the third quarter. Um, there was some good here. Um, I think Valade, their running back, is obviously uh, one of the best running backs in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, I think that's pretty definitive at this point. Um, he looked really good. Um, Emory Jones, I think, once again looked pretty solid. I don't know that. Um, I still think that's a pretty firm upgrade over what we saw from Jaden Daniels last year. Uh, just defensively, um, you know, Oklahoma State's got an explosive offense. I don't think they did enough to slow them down, and they just couldn't put together enough consistent scoring drives. Um, so they lost by 17. I, It's in that kind of borderline territory for me, Ryan, where it's um, semi-respectable, but they didn't cover. So I, I still have to kind of sell on, on ASU this year because – if you watch the game, they were more competitive probably than the 17-point final score showed, but it wasn't enough, and it's not enough to say that ASU is going to be a quality team in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, it's um, you're like, oh, they weren't as bad as we thought. They're still bad, but not as bad as we anticipated them to be. Um, they did run the ball, I thought, pretty well uh, in this one, you know, and maybe you're trying to like slow things down. Uh, Ten penalties, though turnovers like some of the same crap that you saw from Arizona State last year Emory Jones was interesting I think he was like 50 percent passing on the day but his his yards per attempt were high so it was kind of like a boomer bust sort of thing um and you know I, I forgot about this but we would go back to whenever we picked ASU games like if the spread was high we just always knew the game was going to be within seven now we didn't follow it on this one and and 
Oklahoma State blew them out. But um, the last time, the this was the largest margin of defeat since uh, losing to Utah back in 2019. That was a 18 point game. But we made a bunch. You know, we we got pretty good picks from just hey, Arizona State's going to keep it close. It's going to be within a touchdown. If the if the spread's more than that, then you know it's going to you know something's going to be off. Uh, but yeah, this was a you know Herm's lost games, but they you know they usually aren't getting blown out like this. So. Um, I love that I Herm, Herm has gotten to the point where we're like, 17 points, man, you got blown out. Like, no, it, it wasn't a three or a seven point game. It wasn't a single score. What's going on? Well, I mean, remember how committed he was to that idea in the first two or three years? Like, it's got to be close. Yeah, no, it was always a one score game. Yeah, there was lots and lots of those, but this was so not. sad. He lost the magic. There's a little bit of magic lost. Uh, so, what, you know, it's still a team that I don't think, I think. Time is not going to be Arizona State's in you know in Arizona State's friend. Um, I think there's depth issues. I think there's you know as this lingers on, if there's more NCAA stuff coming down, like I I feel like you could be it could be deteriorating, but you could keep it together. You know, it's like there's like this car is like held together with duct tape, and it could you know you could finish the race. We'll see, but at any point, like it could fall apart too. So. I don't know. Time is not on Arizona State's side. We'll see. Like th- we'll see how they end up bouncing back. But uh, I'm not super optimistic. Uh, but you know, who knows? All right, our number eighteen analysis. Is that a good analysis? <laughs> who knows? The duct taped car. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's gonna fall apart. But it could it could be you know game uh, eleven. Yeah, yeah. No, just commit to it. They're gonna be bad at some point this year. We just don't know exactly when the badness, like when it's gonna when the flip the switch will flip. Like. Like competitively bad, like they were in this game, to like, yeah, give to it like up have they've quit? It's done. Right. Game's over. Turn out the lights. Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's just a question of when. Uh, let's go to our number eight team, Oregon Ducks. <laughs> quacky quack. They came so close to losing to Eastern Washington. Did they? Like, if just I don't know about seventeen plays had gone differently, this would have been a close one. Hmm. Um, I don't think you. I don't think you gave me a Oregon photo. Did I not? Oh, maybe you did. I just didn't get it or something. But it doesn't matter. Uh, you don't need to show a photo of this one. Uh, <laughs> just find a find a photo of just like entrails on the ground. Uh, Oregon um, took out a lot of anger and aggression on Eastern Washington uh, in every like basically every facet of this game. They ran the ball for almost three hundred yards. They threw the ball for five touchdowns. Uh, they held Eastern Washington to under a hundred yards passing. And an even hundred yards rushing. It was dominance in all facets, and they won seventy to fourteen. Embarrassing, embarrassing for all involved. Don't beat a team by fifty six points. That's that's embarrassing for you. But also, uh, wow. Um, I, I think we predicted Eastern Washington to cover. Right. It was only a twenty point. It was a twenty. It was point a twenty spread, point spread, and we predicted Eastern Washington to cover. And I repeatedly tweeted. Eastern Washington is going to beat Oregon's ass today. Um, and only in the sense that, like, if Oregon was using its ass to beat on Eastern Washington and it somehow got bruised, did Eastern Washington actually beat Oregon's ass? Uh, at halftime, I felt like Eastern Washington was in it. You know, it was 42 nothing for sure. But, like, I just felt like they were this close to breaking through and scoring. No, it would. This was just like. We know Eastern Washington has a good offense. They did not uh, in this game. This is sort of one of those get right games, right? You're like, okay, we got we just got our asses kicked by the defending national champions. Let's take it out on little brother um, and just, you know, this, this 
But this was bad. Like, this was just awful. So, but a 20-point spread, we're like, oh, yeah, Easter Washington will keep it close. No. no. This was. No. Well, but, uh, no Bix found his level. Five, you know, five he, touchdowns. He can throw five touchdowns against Eastern Washington, so that's mm. good. Uh, Landanning, you know. Landanning. Did some solid work. And. Beat, beat an FCS school like by eight touchdowns. That's pure SEC right there. There's a lot. Uh, there's one of those things too where you're just like, okay, it's it was I think it was 35 to nothing, and like Oregon's like trying to score again right before half, and you're like, wow, this is not this is all gas no breaks. Like there is no, we're not gonna you know keep this respectable. This is just like we're gonna make everybody feel good in the state of Oregon. We're gonna just just yeah. blow this team out. Um, so didn't see it going that way, but uh, obviously that's the way. It went, but we got them at number eight. Do you think that's too low for Oregon? Are we, no. are we being too cruel because of the... They lost by 46 points the other day, remember? I do remember that. Yeah. So that's not good. Okay, uh, let's go to our number seven team. Arizona Wildcats. All right, so this one also didn't necessarily go the way we thought it was going to go. Uh, or maybe the way we thought it was go, but not the way we felt we wanted it to go. Right. Uh, Mississippi State won 39-17 on the road. It was... I would say, like, there were opportunities for Arizona to get back in this game. It was, like, uh, I think it was 25-17 pretty late. Um, and they just couldn't do it. And I would put, I don't know, 97% of the blame on Jaden DeLora, uh, who was playing. Um, you know the Leroy Jenkins video? Oh, yeah. Uh, it, where, you know, they're preparing for like, so some funny. World of Warcraft thing. <laughs> And then he just kind of goes off on his own and is like just shouting Leroy Jenkins going in to fight the monsters while they're all preparing and then everyone <laughs> dies. That was sort of Jaden Delora's vibe in this game. Um, <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. Just constantly scrambling, often when there wasn't a reason to do it, which made his receivers have to do scramble drills the entire game, which yeah. must have driven them absolutely insane. Um, making ridiculously bad decisions, throwing the ball. Um Showing no feel, which is so weird for a guy who started as many games as he has, but showing no feel for when he can run for a first down versus when he has to throw. Constantly throwing contested balls when there you can see it on the TV broadcast how much open grass is in front of him if he just would run. Um, I don't know what was going on. He didn't, like, he's shown a willingness to run in the past, so I don't know what was going on in this game, whether it was a showcase game for him, trying to put some NFL film out there. I don't know. But it was really bad. Um, if he plays like a replacement level game, which I think was out there, like it was, people are talking about Mississippi State's defense after that game, and I'm like, it's fine. It's like, fine. It, it's, yeah. it's perfectly fine. But replacement level quarterback play would have had this as a one score game. Uh, instead, they got Jaden Delora wilding out, and uh, end result was they lost by 22. Um, you know, I would say defensively, uh, I thought they handled the air raid okay. Um, you know, they held Will Rogers to 6.4 yards per attempt. Um, they're going to complete a lot of short stuff. Uh, there was some tackling issues, but for the most part, I didn't really hate what they were doing defensively. It's They weren't prepared at all for the amount that Mississippi State was going to run the ball, especially early, Yeah, um, which was a mistake. But I thought they adjusted fairly well. Late, Mississippi State was able to put a couple of drives together, but so much of that was because the Arizona offense was doing nothing. Like... Defense kept giving them opportunities, yeah. and Arizona's offense just couldn't do anything. It's one of those things where you felt like if the if the offense was doing something, you kind of give a little juice to the defense. But it, there were, you know, it was close for a while. But you just can't you can't just take 
that many drives off if you're Arizona and expect to be in a game. It's the SEC. I mean, Mississippi State's good. I mean, they're trying to keep up with a crazy division with all these, you know, with all this talent. They they have to have some good players to just even be be close. So um, you got to come out and play like an A game. Like Jen Delora was, you know, that was a D minus game. It just wasn't. It wasn't like kind of what you expected. And you don't need him to be outer worldly. But if you wanted this to be close, he was going to have to have like a really good game. Like what we said last week after San Diego State, like how he looked there. Boom. Like if he looks something like that, uh, doesn't mean you're going to win. But I feel like this would have been close. But he just looked like bad version of Jaden Delore. Like the the Bo Nix things we're talking about where like one week you're good, one week you're bad. Um, this was a little bit of regression. It sucks because you come home. And you get to play. Uh, yeah, but the difference is Jaden Delore has played well against good teams before. He has. Not like, That's the difference between him and Bo Nix. <laughs> um, I'm not – this doesn't make me down on Arizona. Like, we just feel like they're on an upward trajectory that's going to still take a little while. Maybe they're a little ahead of the, the schedule that we thought. And maybe we thought, hey, this they could keep this competitive. I thought they'd lose this game, but it would be a little bit more competitive. That's That's the discouraging part that it just wasn't especially at the end of the game. They just weren't doing the things to make it like, you don't look at this team and go, man, Arizona was close. Like, I didn't feel that, like, watching this game. No. Which, you know, kind of sucks, but whatever. Um, let me put this comment up real quick, and we'll move on to our next. Uh, so next up, we have, where are we at? Uh, number six, we've got Washington State Cougars. <laughs> All right. Still a meow, by the way. I can um, I can understand people having a little consternation with this one, but my main thing is I have no idea if Wisconsin is any good. Like that's your take, right? Yeah, and it's hard to it's hard to pin too much on Washington State here because I think their issue is that their offense through two weeks, and again, I don't know if Wisconsin's any good. Maybe their defense is really good, but we still have that Idaho data point. This offense has not looked good through two weeks. Um Cam Ward does not look like a guy no. they should have even ditched. <laughs> the guy who um, was the entire reason Arizona lost to Washington State or to Mississippi State to to get. I mean, Cam Ward looks, I don't know, uh, average level uh, Pac-12 quarterback right now. Um, they weren't able to run the ball, and defensively, though, I, 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 I want to say they have a decent enough defense, but I mean, Wisconsin was still like able to run the ball fairly well. Uh, Graham Mertz, you know, threw a couple of touchdowns, wasn't horrible. I don't know what Washington State hangs its hat on. This game was a very weird one. Um, just a lot of just kind of, you know, drives that wouldn't finish. Um, a lot of turnovers, three turnovers for each team, um, field position game in a lot of ways. Um, they walked away with a three point win at Wisconsin, but I, I still don't really know how good Washington State is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is a huge win uh, for the conference. I mean, it's a big deal. Wisconsin was number 19 at the time. I don't know. I'm not sure if they're going to be that that good of a squad. We'll see kind of as it goes on. We got this wrong. We were laying 17 and a half, and uh, Washington State came out and made it a game. I mean, it was the first time that they beat a, a ranked team, an AP-ranked team since 2018. So kudos to uh, Jake Dickert. If you, if you watched afterwards, really happy in the locker room, um, what they're building towards. And uh, a lot of people were counting them out after the, the Idaho game. And, uh, you know, they come out there and get a win. Um, they were playing jump around in the locker room, which is the Wisconsin thing. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, there was an 
what that that Cam Ward had that interception that turned into like a big gain when they what forced a fumble or whatever afterwards. It was a you know he had that touchdown pass. It was like literally a dump off. It was like a it was yeah. dump off and ends up being like a thirty one yard uh, touchdown. He had that fat guy interception. I thought that was cool. Uh, that you know for, for Washington State. Then he ends up fumbling. Um, so there was just some weird stuff going back and forth, like you said, with the turnovers. Um, but you know, getting a road win against a ranked Big Ten team, Washington State's never done that before. They were zero and thirteen going into this one. So you can't. I'm not discounting the win at all. I think it's a great win. Um, we'll see where Washington State kind of goes from here. I just thought the offense would be better, and it's not yet. And maybe it's going to take a while. And then we're going to start to see this team hum. But I wanted that Coug raid to really Coug raid to be something that we're like, wow, this is amazing. And that hasn't been the case. But in a a time when we need big wins in the Pac-12, like this is one. You know, this is something that um, you know, this is something that you know we needed as a conference. Yeah. Uh, let me put some comments up here. Okay, oh, hold on. We got John. John Norris said uh, Cam Ward looks like Delora did in the second game against Washington State. In his second game against Washington State, oh, at Washington State. Sorry, yeah, right. Um, all right. Well, thank you for those comments and stuff. Let's go to our. Where's our next team? Our next team. We've got number five. UCLA Bruins. We got this one right. Uh, um, yeah, we did get this one right. Um, because uh, the be- spread was over 50, and we're like, UCLA's not going to score 50. Yeah, so. UCLA's not going to do that to another team. No. Um, yeah, I mean, not much to say about this one. It was an FCS game. Uh, UCLA won 45-7. to um, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson left in, like, the second quarter. Ethan Garbers played the rest of the game. Uh, Zach Charbonnet didn't even play. Um, just, I mean, literally nothing to say about this game. Alabama State came. Their band was cool. 45-7. The band was cool. Band was cool. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't really watch this, but it it went the way we thought. Where UCLA wasn't going to run it up. You know, there was Utah. We're going to talk about them. Ran it up. Oregon ran it up. We didn't feel like UCLA would, and that's a gamble. Like who knows? Like the the coach for you know Alabama State's coach could have said something to Chip Kelly before the game. He's like, screw this. We're going to run it up. You know. Um, I think that happened like in the Utah game, like the right. like they they come out with an onside kick and they'd be like Kyle Whittingham's like screw this we're gonna run it up, but we didn't feel like Chip Kelly was gonna try to run this one up and he did not. So twice this year we've taken a team that we're like they're not gonna score as many points as the spread is and we've been right on those. So uh, kudos on that one. So we got that one right. Let's go to a top four. Our number four team, Washington Huskies. <laughs> Another uh, FCS game that bears um, little that deserves, discussion. Uh, no comment except obviously Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> Michael Phoenix um, was excellent in this game. Uh, twenty of twenty-seven, over three hundred yards, two touchdowns. Um, really, just just putting it out there, you know. Um, constantly, just you know, putting his best foot forward. Um, and uh, Portland State looked horrible. Uh, so that's about all you can take from it. But uh, Washington's offense continues to look legit, and their defense, you know, did what they needed to do against Portland State. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, by the way, in the chat, I'm going to star some of these questions, and we'll try to get to them uh, at the end. So uh, we're going to try to get through these. All right, uh, hang on. Are... Equity Bruin, you got a question about turnovers. So they're still not sustainable. So um, if you look at it, I think Washington State right now has like I don't know five passes defended this year, and they have three interceptions. 
uh, that rate is not sustainable. Um, uh, even over a 13-game sample size in football, um, you still end up with some unsustainable rates. Um, just you, you got to look over a broader sample size, which never actually really exists in football because the players change and the coaches change. Um, but those reputations built on forcing turnovers – Unless you're a team that really generates just by nature of like how you coach it up, that they're just tipping balls a lot, um, it's not sustainable to get a ton of picks. Um, it's not sustainable to recover a bunch of fumbles. Um, forcing fumbles is also really difficult. Unless you're, I guess, if you're if you're generating more fumbles in the backfield, you have a better chance of recovering those fumbles because there's only one guy there. Um, but no, most of that stuff is just not sustainable. It's mostly luck whether or not you get turnovers. All right. Let's go to our number three team. Oregon State Beavers. Yes. Yeah, like as I said. I was One in, of us got this right. I hate you. Um, I was in the uncomfortable position of having to root against Oregon State. Uh, one, I will never be in it again. Um, Oregon State, this was a really fun game. Uh, back and forth, the great Jake Hayner was doing all of his Hayner things in this game. Um, he was, um, he led a uh, great drive at the end of the game, or nearly the end of the game, I should say, um, to go ahead. And then Oregon State came right back down the field. They lined up for the field goal to tie, and then um, Fresno State called the timeout. And then they're like, now nah, we're going in there with Jack Coletto. They do it. He scores the touchdown. They win the game. Uh, it was a really, really good win. I don't think it's going to get the credit it deserves. I think Fresno State's going to be pretty damn good this year. Um, and Oregon State going into that environment and getting the road win uh, was huge. Um, you know, I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think the defense traveled. I think again, you could say that. Uh, you know, I did. <sighs> Jake Hayner was putting balls in the like really tight windows. I thought the the Oregon State defense was feistier. I thought they were getting after it. They made some plays, but you know they gave up they gave up stuff too. But I didn't think they were terrible. No, they weren't terrible. I, I'll go that far. But um, yeah, I mean Jake Hayner, he was uh, he, he was like he was at peak dealing. powers. He, he was, was at peak dealing. powers. Uh, that was like the UCLA game where it's just like, oh, he's rolling to his his right. <laughs> And he's going to just throw it across his body, and it's going to go in, like, literally the one sliver of space where it can go where it won't be picked off. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. I but great game for Oregon State. No, great win. For sure. A big one. Um, I needed that one. If you saw the video in the parking lot, I was very excited leaving the Stanford Stadium. Uh, but the, the 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 end where you have uh, the inter the interference in the end zone, so Oregon State gets the ball at, like, the two, and basically you can kick and tie the game or go for it. And they're going to kick and they roll it out. And you're like, oh, that's kind of weird. Would you, would you rather not kick? And then there's like timeouts on both sides. And then they're like, well, we got the hammer. Um, let's put let's put in uh, Coletto. Did you, did you like the call? Like even if they got stuffed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I felt like Hayner was going to score. Yeah, like, no, don't give the ball back to Jake Hayner. No. That, that would be the number one rule right there is don't give it back to him in overtime. Don't. Don't allow the Hainer magic to happen again. Just put in your dude and see if you can score. Yeah. I uh, liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I, I thought it was smart. So, so Beavs, uh, big one. I mean, I feel like Oregon State coming in now, you know, you beat Boise State. You beat Fresno State. You get Montana State coming up. And then you host USC. So, like, this is, uh, you know, if we think that this Oregon State team can be good, 
this was sort of what needed to happen. And so far, I mean, it's, you could give props. Yep. Um, thought they did a good job. All right, one more game to talk about. Uh, we got our number two team. Utah Utes. Don't yeah, not, destroy I'm, I'm, a team yeah, like this. I'm not talking about this one. 73-7, Utah turned uh, Southern Utah into a grease stain. That's it. <laughs> Nothing else. Do we have a, I have a picture? I want to at least put the picture up. Um, yeah, it was, you feel bad when you win. You score 70 points and you, you win by a million and you get dropped in the rankings. Um, <laughs> but that... Uh, so Tavion Thomas has 11 straight games with a touchdown. That was pretty cool. And then we had like another big guy. We had a 300-pounder with an interception in uh-huh. this one. But this was, I think Southern Utah came out. I believe they they onside kicked or whatever to yep. start the game. And I feel like Whittingham was just like, screw this. Uh, I didn't watch much after that. But No, no. <laughs> Why would you? It was, it was. They won by 66 points. Yeah, that was a lot. Gross. It's pretty gross. <laughs> um, okay. So that's it. Then number one, we already talked about USC, uh, number one. So no more. We have one last one of one last week of previewing 25 games because we got all this out of conference. And then we'll be back to sort of like normal um, schedule and stuff. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll preview uh, all of week three. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. We're back here on the podcast of champions. It's going to be a championship week this week, David. Is it going to be a championship week for the for the conference? Um, they, you know, doing well. Like, it was a good win against Wisconsin last week. What the hell does that week. mean? Is it going to be a championship it, week? It's the podcast of champions. We want a championship week. Oh, my God. In week three. We want this. We yeah. want this to happen. Yeah, they're going to lose to USC's going to lose to Fresno State. You think so? That would be bad. That'd be funny. Uh, okay, so one good news, uh, one piece of good news. We do have a uh, uh, Stanford Cardinal. We not, don't have to watch Stanford this week. They're 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 on a bye. We don't have to. Hell yeah, they're baby. not going to lose. Oh, thank God. Uh, but we're going to go through the games in the order of which they're being played. And we're going to start off with UCLA Bruins. Another 11 a.m. game for UCLA. Dang. Well, he ch- you chip know what? practices early, right? And you know what? Next week against Colorado, another 11 a.m. game. <laughs> That's three games that start before noon for UCLA in the first four games. Mm. Um, South Alabama's coming to town. Um this is at 11 a.m. on the Pac-12 network. Uh, the South Alabama Jaguars. That's a that was 
You literally blew out the microphones again. Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah. We're good. They they repair themselves. They self-correct. Uh, <laughs> going at the Rose Bowl, take on UCLA. UCLA is a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, South Alabama is actually a real team in a way that Bowling Green and Alabama State were not. Uh, they have a decent defense. Um, their quarterback's been pretty good this year. Their offense has actually looked pretty good this year, which was unexpected. Uh, but their defense has been their calling card the last couple of years. Um, I think UCLA, though, is going to come with enough of a game plan in this game uh, to still put a pacing to them. I, I think UCLA has come into the first two games without really game planning too extensively for the actual opponent they're facing, just trying to work some stuff out. South Alabama, I think, will have their attention in a way that they haven't really um, done so far this year. So I still think UCLA covers. I think it'll be a relatively comfortable win, but I wouldn't be surprised if South Alabama is in it at halftime. Yeah, I don't understand why the spread was so low, but um, it was like I thought it was like 12 or something before, too. Uh, it's kind of moved up. I'm going to take the Bruins in this one, too. Um, you know, don't look at it. Well, they didn't score that many against. I mean, I think they're just going to, you know, they'll win by like three touchdowns and and kind of move on. Yeah. And uh, go with there. Right, we got um, Guac. I think there's a hashtag that's trending right now. David says extend chip. So they're 2-0. They already did. They already did. And by the way, um, Equity Bruin wanted to know um, as far as like the breaks and stuff go. So we are the you're watching. Thank you for watching. We had over 70 people watching at some point. So thank you for doing that. uh, People watching live. Um, The breaks are for the podcast. And that's all done in post or whatever. So we, we just have to put a break portion and then we say hey our break is here and then when you're listening to the podcast they usually put like a commercial in there uh when we're doing it live we don't have that so it's just like a something we have to no, do while we're recording uh, a couple of people expressed uh interest in this we don't take a break we sit here and talk for two fucking hours to each other yes it's insane there's no actual break. i don't know why we do this we don't get paid for this really we like, do have we a sponsor get, like, right we get now. occasional sponsorship money yeah during the season we'll us. get some money yeah but who knows but the rest of the time the rest of the time no. it's underwear we get underwear <laughs> that's it you get underwear for listening we get underwear for recording this for two goddamn hours every week <laughs> that's true uh but we love it okay uh let's go our next one we got california golden bears <laughs> Uh, against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Oh. Where's me pot of gold? I don't know what the... The gold was not right, but whatever. Uh, 11.30 a.m. on NBC. Cal taking on Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is an 11-point favorite. Um, yes. Yeah, so Notre Dame looked like big shit uh, last week against Marshall. Um, they lost at home. 26-21. It I if I read the post game win expectancy correctly, uh they were supposed to lose by more actually. Uh Ohio State beat them 21 to 10. It's not certain whether Notre Dame has an offense and Cal may have a defense. Uh Cal's offense though is not good. I don't know if this is a two-score game though, so I'm taking Cal. Yeah, I just when you have teams that have a hard time scoring and you're getting like double digits uh, now, could this be a get-right game for Notre Dame and they just sort of like pile on Cal? Maybe, but they didn't right. pile on Marshall. Um, I think Cal's just going to be in those close games. So, you know, in the, the ASU model that we would use before, I feel like eh, 11 points, that's just too many. I, you know, if I if Notre Dame kills them, you're like, yep, I could have seen that. Like, 
Cal went to Notre Dame and got killed. Like I, that's obviously something that could happen, but I think there's something, you know, there's st- stuff that might not happen. And I feel like Cal can keep this close. Uh, so yeah, let's, uh, let's go, let's go with the bears. We're going to agree on the California school so far. All right. This is a good, good, good one. Potentially good, good, good one. We've got Oregon ducks. 12 30 PM on big Fox. Um, the number 12 BYU cougars. How would you do a Mormon cu- cougar? Is that kind of like a wow? <laughs> What was that? I don't surprise? know. No, I was just like kind of happy. Is it surprise? Like kind somebody of woke like him up. Happy, and happy to see you. Oh, yeah, the more very happy people. Yeah, they're, the they're Mormons they're I've known have been very happy. Happy to see you. Um, very nice. Taking on number twenty-five, Oregon. Uh, Oregon is a three and a half point favorite uh, at home against BYU. Uh, BYU just beat Baylor at home. Mm. Um, they'll be riding high after that one. Um. Oregon is at home, and Oregon at home is a different beast from Oregon on the road. Yes. Um, I'm going to take the Ducks. Wow, okay. I think BYU on the road is going to have a little bit more of a struggle than they had against Baylor. I think that they're coming off that big win, kind of emotional win there. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like I, – I mean, I'm not taking anything from the fact that Oregon killed um, uh, you know, an FCS team. But I feel like the Ducks are going to come in here and, you know, it'll be a competitive game. But I feel like Oregon wins by like seven or ten points at home. Um, so I feel like that's where this one's going to go. We'll see. Uh, end up being right. If not, if BYU goes in there and wins, I'm, you know, there will be a lot of questions about the Ducks sort of going forward. Because you've played two, like, good teams and lost both. And you played a crappy team and beat the crap out of them. So... I, I feel like this is going to be one where Oregon gets it right at home and they're able to beat a good BYU team. Uh, but if not, there's I'm going to have some major concerns uh, for the Ducks, for the Duckies. Right. Uh, let's go to Washington State Cougars. Oh, you're going to Washington State next. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I missed that one. Like, we missed – oh, th- this was an obvious one. So let's uh, – we'll go back um, – <laughs> I mean, this. I don't know why we talk about this team anymore. Where, let me find it. Where is it at? Okay. Colorado Buffalo. What's the spread? I don't care. <laughs> Minnesota. 12.30 p.m. on ESPN2. Colorado going to Minnesota. What, you're Go- talking about this? The Golden Gophers. Yes. So that'd be like a... Squeak. Okay. What the fuck does a gopher sound like? It's probably like a rodent, right? <laughs> exactly like what you just said. Oh, um, squeak. <laughs> Minnesota's a 27 and a half point favorite. Yep. 27 and a half point I favorite. I don't care. What, what, who cares? That's more points than most of these FCS schools are getting. Right. And I mean, Colorado's well, you... an FCS school. Uh, I think Minnesota's going to paste them. Absolutely murder them. Uh, give me Minnesota. Yeah, give me Minnesota. I skipped this because like we don't need to talk about it. Like, I... How could you pick Colorado with any points? Like, no, no. I mean, if it, it was like, okay, if you said Colorado was getting 95 points, I'm like, all right, I have to think about this. But up until then, like, I don't think you really have to think about it. Yeah. All you, Minnesota has to win by four touchdowns at home. They Minnesota fired their offensive coordinator, and Carl Durrell hired him. 
The only time they scored last year, Minnesota scored last year in a game was against Colorado with this guy. So, no, this is no silly, silly, silly stuff. Okay, now we're going to get to Washington State Cougars. <laughs> 2 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network, the Colorado State Rams. <laughs> Work? Very rammy. Uh, taking on Washington State in Washington State uh, at Pullman. Washington State's a 16.5-point favorite. Uh, Colorado State's supposed to be bad. Give me Colorado State because that's too many points. I've watched this Washington State offense too much. Um, I'm going to go. God, this makes me feel. Washington awesome. State, by the way, has scored a combined 41 points this year. I know. The defense pretty good. They scored uh, 24 against Idaho. This is going to be a get-right game. Uh-huh. Okay. Get-right. I don't feel good about this at all. No, get-right. Do it. Do it. Get-right. Let's go. Let's go Cougs. <laughs> Cougrade comes into its own. You're still blasting that Cougrade, man. And I respect that about you. Piss. Like, this doesn't make me feel good at all. <laughs> it's funny. I don't swear much here. I was playing uh, beach volleyball yesterday, and like... If I would miss a serve, I'd be like, I'd be just swearing up sort of thing. I just, I don't know why on the volleyball court, I swear a lot. And then uh, here I'm trying to keep it like, we'll swear every once in a while, but I'm trying to keep it uh, PG 13 for the most part. <sighs> yeah. Colorado state is a bad team, right? They're not very good. Right. right. Um, and I, I feel like sometimes you come off of a high, like that was a big high going to Wisconsin and getting, uh, the I don't win. like to talk about drug use on this show. Mm. So my instincts are saying, yeah, take Colorado State. But I just don't want to pick. I just, I want to like believe in the Cougs. Um, all the people that are like, you need to bring the growl back. And no, you didn't cover against Idaho. You made me mad for the rest of the season. So I'm going to give you a shot here, Wazoo. Cover the spread against Colorado State or never talk to me about the growl again. Because I got to go find it. I got to like do some work uh, to get the growl back. Uh-huh. You cover this game for me and we beat Dave. On this game, I will bring the growl back. If not, never again. You are the you are the meow forever. So we're gonna go with that. Uh, let's go. Washington Huskies. <laughs> All right, this is a fun game. Uh, Four thirty p.m. on ABC. Uh, number eleven, Michigan State, the Spartans. Ah, yeah. that's the sound of a bunch of Spartans dying under a bunch of Persian arrows. Mm. Did you like it? Those Persian arrows. That yeah, yeah, they were. They're deadly. Yeah. Um, Doesn't the armor stop those? I guess not. I don't know. No, no, no. Not like, not a well-shot arrow. True. Oh, by the way. It, punched, uh, it can punch through like some bronze plate. Come hmm. on, dude. Uh, just so people know, yes, uh, for the first hour, I can put up your comments on the screen. And then it stops for some reason. And I've talked to Wirecast, the program we use about this. So, I don't know. So, you got your comment. I've tried to put a whole bunch of comments up in that first hour. So, I'm we'll, sorry. We'll, I won't try to, we'll try to say anything that's good that you put. Yeah, we'll right try to there. say it. But we, I can't um, put them on the screen anymore. My apologies. Anyway, they're going to Washington. Um, so, this is a weird one. Advanced stats will tell you that Michigan State should be the favorite here. But Vegas is zigging and going with Washington. Uh, I think it's right now it's minus three and a half. What did I write in our doc? Three and a half. All right. Minus three and a half. Um I really don't know about this one. Uh, I, I I'm a believer in Washington. Uh, Michigan State's a well coached program, though. Yes. It's not like some overrated um, ranked team coming in. Like I, I think they're going to punch above their weight typically. But I also think Washington is sneaking under the radar a little bit. But I think they've been impressive through the first two weeks. Um, 
I'm willing to put a flyer out there and take Washington here uh, because I don't know because they've played two opponents who are not like good by any means. No, but their offense looks legit, and uh, you got to ride the Phoenix. Yeah, uh, this is one I'm going to take Washington as well. Uh, I feel like they could win by a touchdown or so at home, just because it is. It, it's this is sort of just an indication of how important coaching is. Like you can take a team that was hot garbage last year that couldn't score points. You bring in an offensive coach who's good at this job. You bring in a couple players that can run it and voila, you score a bunch of points. Like it's just not that hard. Like if you're talking about Colorado, like don't hire the offensive coordinator that just got fired at a big 10 school, you know, like you don't need to do that. You bring someone in that's good. Like just that they're good at their job. He's good. We knew that Kalen DeBoer was going to score points you get reunited with your quarterback from Indiana where he scored points there and he's going to get to Washington with good players and score points. Like it's just not that hard. Like just, just get a good coach that someone's proved that they can score. Not like, well, we want to run a system that's our, like, no, screw that. Like get someone that scores points. I don't care what you're running. Um, he scores points. I think they're going to score points against uh, Michigan state. They're going to beat Sparty in Seattle. People are going to be sailgating. It's going to be a lot of fun. We should go. Man, it would be fun to go up there for this one. We'll do it. Um, take a boat. Drive Let's right up there. Let's take a boat up there. Right, drive right up there. How long will it take us to boat up the coast? I don't know. It'd be like a Will week we get or... there in time? No, I don't think so. How many knots can you go? How many knots? Like, you mean, you? I don't know. You're going, it depends what kind of boat you're in, but like maybe 25 knots. Like, it's going right, to so take you a long time. Let's say we go time. on the fastest boat. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's much better to fly up there and then take a boat. No, like, no, let's take a boat up there. Okay. Well, you, you work on that. <laughs> try, to get, try to secure the <laughs> fastest boat possible. Like a sailboat would be like two weeks probably. Um, Who knows? You might get stranded. You could plan it, yeah. What if you get caught in the doldrums? Dude, driving a boat, like I've only been driving a boat like a year and a half or so. But like driving Is that what they can, call it these days? Driving a boat? I don't know. That's what I've been doing. But captain, I've been a captain of a boat for about a year and a half. Taking a boat like the Catalina, it's a little scary. Like you're 26 miles out in the ocean. Uh, I went fishing in San Diego. We were like 30 miles out, like the middle of that. We're like 4,000 feet of water in a 22 foot boat. Like nothing around you. Like we are out there, and we're in Mexican waters too. So you're kind of, who knows? Um, it's a little crazy. But I don't think I'd want to drive a boat all the way up the coast. That would take a long time. Sail a boat? I don't do sail. Captain like, a boat? Pilot a boat? I don't know. If sailing is like not. I haven't done, I've been on sailboats, but I've never like driven a sail. Like that's a lot of work. Like you got to know knots and uh, not like knot speed, but like tying knots and pull the sail and all this stuff. Like you need someone that really knows what they're doing uh, to do that. And I do not. Um, okay. Let's go to Oregon State Beavers. All right. Oregon State is taking on the Montana State Bobcats. This is a. Yeah. Uh, this is on at 5 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Um, Montana State is only a 13-point dog. How? Why? Montana State's one of those really good FCS programs. Yeah. Um, it's so, in Portland, I think, for some reason. Yes, I believe it's in Portland. Uh, Oregon State. Neutral site. Give me Oregon State. Yeah, come on. I don't know anything about Montana State. Who cares? I don't know anything. It's just like, can Oregon State beat them by two touchdowns? Like, they just beat. Yeah. No. Go beefs like three and no beefs game day in Pullman. I mean, in Pullman game day in Corvallis. 
Uh, week four. Come on. Even though it's going to be on the Pac-12 network. Did you know that? Uh, USC Oregon State will be on the Pac-12 network. That's, you could, really, that's really funny. You could have two 3-0 and teams. Uh, two of the top three teams in the Pac-12 this year. We have them in our... Yeah. Um, and and Wilner had a good explanation. And I don't know if you knew this too. And so we'll, I'll pass this along. But Wilner was saying that the old TV deal, Larry Scott TV deal that was just to replay... They they wanted a whole bunch of games on the Pac-12 network. Now, if you're like, hey, we want people to get the network. Well, people didn't get the network. And now you have all these games on the Pac-12 network, conference games, that people can't watch for the most part. Um, if you It's it's determined by the number of out-of-conference home games each team has. So USC has three out-of-conference home games this year because Notre Dame's coming to the Coliseum. They have to be on the Pac-12 network three times. Um, they play Colorado on a Friday. That's FS1. You can't use that one. They've already played Rice. So the the networks are bar, you know banking on USC being good at the end of the season. They want those games later on for Fox and for ESPN. But now you're foregoing this potential undefeated matchup in the conference, and that's going to be on Pac-12 Network. So it's good for the Pac-12 Network, but it's not good for the brand. Like You want the Pac-12 to be seen. This is a big game. Oregon State's not ranked. They should be. Hopefully they'll be after this one, but... That's a little disappointing, David. This one, that that one's going to be on Pac-12 Network. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the next game. We've got Utah Utes. All right, uh, Utah is hosting uh, the San Diego State Aztecs. Mm. What did we go with last time? I think I just went with the. Th- th- it was sort of like it was the, sort of like a sling. The Ute. Yeah. Like no, but yeah. it was not an arrow. It was a sling. Mm. Like the little like bolt. A- so like a thump. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 7 p.m. on ESPN2, uh, San Diego State going at Utah. Utah is currently a 21-point favorite. Um, so many points. Yeah, but no question for me, Utah. Yeah, I feel like – I think it's a pretty good line. Um, I don't know if San Diego State can really score. Yeah, it's going to be on the road. They didn't look great against Arizona, and Arizona definitely didn't look great the week after. Um Will Utah continue the barrage? Maybe San Diego State comes out and tries an onside kick to start the game, and Winningham's just pissed off, or if he's still pissed off from the Florida game, I don't know. But I feel like this is going to be a little bloodbathy. Yeah, yeah. I that's just my gut. So twenty was a lot of points, but I'm gonna take. Uh, I'll take the Utes and, and lay those and and not feel bad about it. You know, if if Utah wins by like ten or fourteen, you're gonna be like, ah. But you know, like whatever, you know, you definitely could see that happening, right? You could see Utah sort of just like meandering through this. Um, but I feel like you know, getting a little bump into the conference uh, schedule, and the fact that San Diego State beat Utah last year, uh, this is like you know maybe a little revenge game. Uh, maybe like right, I've got a question. Yeah, what's up? Walk to Salt Lake City for this game, or sail to Seattle for the Washington game? Like really sail? Which takes longer? <sighs> I think walking to Utah would take longer. You think so? Yeah, because... I mean, I, what are we talking with Salt Lake City? I think Salt Lake City is like, what, 500 miles from here? Uh, about that. I think it's around 500 miles, yeah. So okay. if you walk... I mean, I think you're... There's more miles. Like, it's probably, what, 1,500 miles to go to Seattle, like, directly or something? Yeah, but you're sailing. I don't, I, do we know how many knots? Again... I think first, a sailboat's going, first, like, six knots or seven. But what is a knot? It's a close to a miles per hour. So say like, um, 
All right, so it's actually 710 miles to, to Salt Lake City. To Salt Lake City. So it's about half. I think you probably walk. It's probably close. That's that's probably good. Like I bet you walk about half as fast as you could sail. But couldn't you sail all night? Or would that be dangerous? No, I think you can. And it depends on the wind and stuff too. And you could probably go a lot faster depending on the wind. So I think the sailing you would get there before. Okay. Good that talk. would be my guess. All right, got Are it. anyone in the chat like I haven't looked? Is anyone in the chat like saying we're way wrong or something? No, so, no, no. But a lot of a lot of extra people added uh, to the chat, so we're good. What do you mean they like? Oh, oh, Ricky brings up a good point. You have to go around the Olympic Peninsula. It's not a straight shot. Okay. A knot is a nautical mile, two thousand yards. So it's like it's close. It's like one point one or something. Right, right. I, think, I think something like that. Uh, okay. But you could probably walk to the Bay Area then, right? Because that's only like, I don't know, a little under 400 miles. Yeah, you could probably do that. Because you could probably do that. So what do you think you could do? You could probably average like 30 miles a day, right? Well, if you do... If um, you really get after it, and you're walking on flat ground. It's not that hard, hmm. mostly. You know, there's a couple of big mountain passes, but what are you going to do? Right. You could do... Uh, I mean, if you walk for 10 hours... Or say twelve hours, you could. De- you, I think you get thirty miles. Um, yeah, but, but if you walked, if you walked twenty four hours a day, well, you're not doing that. Yeah, you don't want to end up not being able to enjoy the game when you get there because you're dead. <laughs> right, but you're you're basically starting during fall camp for this one. Like right. you're trying to trying to get there. Yeah. Okay. I good. know where this come up. There we go. Okay. Uh, let's go next up. USC Trojans. 7.30 p.m. on Big Fox, the Fresno State Bulldogs. Uh, taking on, again, because they're so fucked up. Uh, <laughs> taking on number seven, USC. Uh, USC is, ooh, did this one move? No, it's still 12 points. 12 okay. points. Uh, USC is a 12-point favorite. It's the great Jay Kaner coming to town. Mm. It's USC hosting. Um, do you believe in Jay Kaner? Do you believe in his I ability believe in to Jay keep Kaner. his? I'm taking USC. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think USC is going to blow out teams until I'm proven otherwise. Yeah, like until they, I'm going to probably keep picking them just because if the spread's lower like this, like less than two touchdowns, just because that offense can just put up points. So we have a great comment from John. Yeah, I just dropped in during my break. What in the hell? <laughs> what in the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> Walking to Salt Lake City or sailing to Seattle? Duh. I mean, <laughs> did you not? Don't you understand college football? <laughs> like, you get college football, right? Like, do I have to explain this to you? Jeez. All right. So we're both taking USC. We'll take USC. All right. Next, we got two left. Arizona Wildcats. Wow. All right. So North Dakota State, what are they? The, the bison? Sure. Uh, They're bison. good. They're good. All right. A bison, we're going to go. Moo. <laughs> Moo. I don't know. I could put up a picture from. From Catalina Bison. Or something. Yeah, this is an 8 p.m.er on FS1. The Bison coming to town to take on Arizona. <laughs> Arizona's a one-point dog. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what to do, what to do with Arizona. Uh, this is a much better FCS team than um, Northern Arizona like was last best year. Like the best FCS team. Like the best. But I do. I'm not ready to throw out the uh, the baby and the bathwater, so I cannot pick North Dakota State in this game. So no. I'm taking Arizona, but. It wouldn't be a shock, I guess, was what we're saying if they lost. No shock, for sure. But, like, there's no way. I can't do this. I cannot. I have to take Arizona. They're getting points against an FCS school at home. 
I feel like you might get the Jaden Delora roller coastery stuff. There was the the dip. We're gonna get the uh, get the peak here. Um, all they got to do is like squeak out a win at home against an FCS school. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm taking Arizona on this one. Absolutely. And then the last up, we've got Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> Another 8 p.m.er on the Pac-12 Network. Uh, God, what the hell is Eastern Michigan? I don't even know anything about them. Uh, Eagles. As always. Are they good? Uh, Probably should they, they beat Eastern Kentucky by eight in the opener and then lost to Louisiana by 28 last week. Mm. Uh, last year, they were uh, good-ish for what they are. They were seven and six. Uh, but they don't appear to be good-ish this year. Um, you know what I love to do? Like, I would love to take like a Herm Edwards team that needs to win by <laughs> so, 21 points. You know, like that would be like, I would. My, so it's 20 and a half is the, is the line. Right. So ASU they would need to win by 21. That's what I want. I want to, I want to go to bed knowing <laughs> when I wake up, I need to watch late at night Herm Edwards beating a football team with actual players and, and a ball and cleats and all those things <laughs> by 21 points. Like, that's what's going to make me feel amazing. I'm taking ASU, but yeah, me good too. God. Yeah, like, now I just want to go slip my wrist doing that. Like, what the? Why? Like, why would I do that? No, we like to uh, we like to go to bed in pain. That's, no, they, like, there's no good that can come of this. No, like, no. That APM hour is danger hours for us. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, like, it'll be fun to root for Arizona against. This is such a good uh Pac-12 after dark slate though like Utah San Diego State could get weird Fresno State USC absolutely could get weird and then North Dakota State Arizona <laughs> so we only differ on the Colorado State Washington State game the one that I don't even want to pick like that's the only one we differ on like how are We're we like one of those old married couples why we are start, we locked we just start up becoming the same person over time I guess if we were locked up and we're like, and some of these games are just weird. We're like, I could see it. Have, it could have happened the other way, but you know, whatever, like how Whittingham would have scored a little points. Okay. They did. Um, so some of this stuff is weird, but we'll see. We'll see how we do. But I feel like we, you know, we'll get better at this. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what we've been saying for okay. seven years. We had a couple, I'd start a couple questions um, and then we'll get to the other ones too. Uh, Eddie. Can you explain the Michigan UCLA home and home cancellation? The, Wolver the Wolverines seem to blame UCLA for their horrible schedule. Uh, no, no, no. This was all Michigan. Uh, Michigan canceled because they wanted to balance their home game slate. They wanted, um, I don't know, seven home games this year or whatever it was. Okay. Uh, but I guess Michigan was saying UCLA. No, I don't know. Not true. And then uh, Big T37 said, is Garber a better quarterback than DTR? Not a better athlete, but better quarterback. I don't know. No. Um, I mean, I, I think people are watching with blinders, and it's basically because they have biases coming in. Um, Garbers threw a pick that was bad and then almost threw another one. Uh, he's playing like a young quarterback, and he's good, but he's playing like a young quarterback. Uh, Dorian has some flaws as a player, but you can't just like hand wave the athleticism. It's a huge part of playing the position and he's a plus athlete who can make plays with his legs, which, um, you know, despite Jaden Delora's, uh, apparent inability to understand that, um, you can run with the football. 
Uh, it's a big part of being a quarterback is taking those easy first downs or more uh, when you can get them. So, uh, no, Dorian Thompson Robinson is a better quarterback, especially as a fifth-year player. All right. Um, we have a lot of questions, and we don't have a ton of time because we got crap to do. So we'll try to get through these. Looks like Jonathan is our first one, smiley guy. Said, I have to be honest, being able to see you guys do a podcast on YouTube has rattled me a little bit. Ryan looks more or less like I thought he would. Postmortem SoCal nice guy douchebag. Where David wow. nailed it. What, is, that, is that a compliment? Probably not. No. <laughs> David nailed it with the self-referential, I'm a smiley guy comment. When listening to the podcast alone for the past couple of years, I've always pictured David to look more like a half-asleep grizzly bear wearing a stained t-shirt and looking as disinterested as possible while still maintaining consciousness. Instead, he seemed like a kind of fella I would ask to help my grandma move, and he would genuinely do it. I am rocked. Wow. He's coming away with some impressions from that uh, is from this video cast. Uh, yeah. By the way, do you like my shirt? It's, uh, it's you have died of dysent you have died of dysentery. That's pretty nice. Oregon Trail. Love it. Um, not that the ducks have died on the trail, but we'll see. We'll see if they bounce back. Uh, this is from TK in Orange County. Uh, what's up, fellas? This one is for David. I just finished listening to your Pac-12 Week One recap show, and I'm not going to sit down for one. Uh, I'm not. I'm now going to sit down for some college football. Assumption versus Merrimack, because nothing says college football like the Virgin Mary, Virgin Mary versus a Civil War <laughs> battleship. Uh, David, you keep going on about mediocre teams in the Big Ten that will be forced to watch, like Iowa, Indiana, Purdue, etc. Don't we already have the same opportunity in the Pac-12 watching mighty Cal, Wazoo, and Colorado? If you think about it, the Big Ten is really just an upper middle class man's Pac-12 with a slightly hotter wife. Thanks for everything you guys do. Keep mid, <laughs> keep mid per usual. Fight on. Beat the farm. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, there's certainly like the 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 just absolute boring crap in the Pac-12 that also exists in the Big Ten. It's just we grew up with these schools. We we know them. Yes. You know, I I know Cal and Wazoo. I know what to expect from them, and. Like, look, what Iowa is doing is at a different level from what anyone could conceive of. Like, True. it is, it is, it is anti-football. It is anti-fun. Hmm. It is um, like literally playing to punt better. Yeah, like you're you're playing to like let's get to this side of the, the field where we the can design, punt better. The design is to make everyone involved miserable. Um, yeah, Colorado isn't trying to do that. It's just the nature <laughs> of Carl Durrell's offense. Yeah, they're not. They're. Not. They're not trying to make it. But misery. if we were in the, they like, just have no other way. But if we had to like start covering the Big Ten this year, now honestly, Iowa content wise, I would quit great. the podcast if we had to start. Covering no, no, the no. Big no. But content year. wise, it's great. Like because it's so bad. If there was like you know three Colorados, you're just like, oh, this sucks. But Iowa's so bad, it's like worth talking about. Like <sighs> it's like historically no. just awful. No. All right. Let's go to Frank in Sacramento, Escape from the Wood Chipper. Uh, Josh Connerly, who was the last uncommitted five-star player in the class of 2022, picked the Ducks over a strong push from the Trojans. He's probably got second thoughts now. He can achieve salvation, however, if he'd jump in the transfer portal in January to get the Oregon stink off him by joining USC. A year later, he can bail on the dying Pac-12 with the Trojans and look back on his time in Eugene as though it was all a bad dream. Love, Frank. It's never a question. Yeah, it was just like a comment. Okay. Yeah, this is from Mike in Oakland. Can't wait. Looking forward to hearing the kitty, uh, the kitty roar this week, and you guys eating some big time crow. Do the crow, Dave. Washington State Cougars. No, the the Idaho games, Idaho games still happened. Yeah, absolutely so did. I, I said I'll change it, and it like takes some work. All right, let me read this one from Eric because I wasn't short. Okay. All right, hopeless Colorado. Hi guys, beleaguered uh, Colorado fan here. Two thoughts. 
One, I knew Carl Durrell was not a good coach. I knew CU was forced to pick him off the scrap heap because of the bad timing of Mel Tucker's exit and that he had no other options for a reason. I knew he wasn't an ace recruiter, a tactical wizard, or an inspiring leader. I knew Dave wouldn't recommend him to wash dishes at a Taco Bell. I knew all of this, and yet I was still unprepared for the sheer incompetence I've witnessed in the season's first two weeks. In 2012, the worst of the Embry years, CU was playing with FCS talent. Now the, now the Buffs clearly have FBS athletes, but it looks like every player on the team is trying to shave... <laughs> is trying to shave points on every play, but being way too obvious about it. I saw lots of bad throws, drops, and missed tackles. Was this a part of the Carl Durrell experience at UCLA? If so, Dave, how do you keep from gouging your eyes out with a dull, rusty spoon? Uh, yes, it was very much part of the Carl Durrell experience, but again, uh, yes, Colorado's talent level is better than it was like 10 years ago. Uh, it's still not what UCLA had in like 2005, like Mercedes Lewis who's still playing in the NFL to this day. That's insane. Uh, Maurice Drew uh, had like a bunch of just dudes on that team that were just making things happen. Uh, Colorado doesn't have that talent. So it's it's dicey. Um, there was enough excitement because of the talent level uh, that that time of UCLA football was actually not like super horrible for me to think about. Like they went 10 and two one year. Uh, they beat us. They beat a really good USC team, thirteen to nine, in one of the funniest games of all time, where it was it was like uh, it was like two Iowas going at it, um, <laughs> and it was like one of the best plays of that era of UCLA football was I'm not kidding a punt. Uh, it was Aaron Perez punting the ball like sixty yards over the head of the USC returner um, to basically close out that game. But yeah. anyway, uh, there was enough talent that it wasn't horrible. I'm sorry, Colorado. It's there's not enough talent to make it not horrible. Two, should the Buffs hire Clay Helton? You laugh, but some indisputable facts. Clay is an ex- inexperienced Pac-12. He is an experienced Pac-12 coach. Clay is undefeated in games in Boulder where CU plays half its games. Uh, no, don't hire Clay Helton. Guys, No. what Colorado needs to do is go hire somebody young or somebody who's going to bring in some new system or something just fun. Yeah. Like, it's stop trying to, like, just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they could do what Arizona's done, but the thing is, Arizona hasn't done anything yet. They've got a coach with two wins. Right. Um, but I would, I would say, you know, it's the thing we constantly talk about when these programs start to, uh, um, you know, the the lower tier programs like decide to get a new coach, go triple option, do something fun. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. And then three, Clay knows how to beat our. Ha- oh wait, <laughs> and that was number three in that. Yeah. You you listed all these things with numbers twice. Didn't you learn anything about outlining, Eric? <laughs> Clay knows how to beat our hated rivals, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Clay is a clear upgrade over Carl Durrell. I eagerly wait the Clay Helton era in Boulder. Yes. No, I think Nebraska should hire Clay Helton because he just got <laughs> yeah. Scott Frost fired. Do you, do you win the job by doing that? I think uh, you, like you won at Nebraska, so you get the I job. I assume now. you get the job now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he not only just numbered the same, but like number and with a dash, and then in in within a number within a dash, also number and a dash. Yeah, like yeah maybe no, it was it was a list with like absolutely no organization, just pure paragraphs, and then just numbers. Yeah, uh, we're just nitpicky because yeah. that's what we do. Yeah, um, don't make me read. We got a text message. Serious question: How can anyone win the survivor pool if they they at some point are obligated to pick Colorado? I've already been eliminated. Scott M N M A. Scott, that's all, this is what Colin Coward says. That's a you problem. This is a you problem. Yes, we'll all be dead if we have to pick Colorado, but you don't need to pick them. Like, wait till week 12. Wait till it's actually necessary. Yes. Because by that point, there'll be like four people left. Okay? Right. But so there was only been a few losers. The only way to eliminate yourself for a sure thing at this point is to pick Colorado. Don't do it. Avoid Colorado. There are 11 other teams to pick. And 
we've had three people do it. One in week one, our sicko, I forget if it, it was Mike or something, and then two people in week two picking Colorado. Like, stop doing it. They stop were, it. They were playing good teams. Like, do not, do not, do not, do not do that. All right. Uh, this is from do, oh, Anthony. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you can do it. I guess the, mine was short before. Dream coaching staff. Hey, Ryan and Dave. How many wins am I getting with this dream coaching staff? Head coach, Carl Durrell. Offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz, who we mentioned earlier. Defensive coordinator, DJ Elliott or Andrew Thacker. I'm not sure who that is. You're getting got. anti-wins. You're getting negative four. Yeah. Just with Brian Ferentz as the offensive coordinator. You're hiring them that year and firing them that year. Yeah. Um, this is from John and Brea. Oh, oh. Stanford. There's a lot going on here. Hi, Ryan and Dave. In case you haven't seen it, I've copied and attached the opinion piece written by a Stanford lecturer that appeared in the LA Times on Tuesday morning. It might be the most Stanford thing ever published. Stanford whining about money is comical. What is their endowment? Yeah, sure, it's NIL money and the transfer rules that make Stanford play like butt. Okay. Which do you think is more likely? One, Stanford stays in the Pac-12. Two, Stanford eventually joins the Big Ten. Or three, Stanford Stanford football joins a smaller conference, goes independent to compete in the FCS like Harvard, Yale, etc. Um... I think long term, it's probably three. Nah, uh, maybe. I, I I'd probably go with. Um, I mean, one is probably the most. I'm going door number four, which is just something. Uh, I don't think this Big Ten thing is sustainable long term either. Like, I, I don't think it's sustainable for UCLA and USC to be in a Big Ten conference. So, it depends on the time horizon. Twenty years from now, I think they're all going to be in the same conference again. Like okay. I, I think Stanford will still have major football, and I think it'll be back with UCLA and USC in some form or fashion. But but college football is changing, and I don't think Stanford wants wants it. You know, I didn't read this ed up op ed. It's changing, but it's gonna it's going to um, elastic band back too. Um, I think what's what's going to turn out to happen in the next couple of years is that a lot of these NIL deals are going to be turn out to be fraud, um, and people won't want to pay. Or, you know, there's going to be lawsuits and all kinds of stuff. And this Wild West market is going to, you know, start to decline. I think Stanford rides it out for a while. Uh, you think so? Yeah, I think so. Um, did, did you, we probably shouldn't read the... Uh, no, we're not reading that entire article. I had a real funny story from uh, RJ, just kind of along the... So if you're in part of the op-ed, um, he says, like, USC brought in 26 transfer players and Stanford brought in one. The one Stanford transfer was a guy named Patrick Fields who started for three years at Oklahoma in the secondary, I believe, as a safety. Um, RJ told the story. He's like, this was the perfect David Shaw recruit because he didn't do anything. He you know, graduates from Oklahoma and for some reason wants to go to Stanford. So he gets his application together. Obviously, you got to be pretty smart. Like Stanford students don't get into their own graduate programs. He gets in to Stanford and then basically goes and knocks on David Shaw's door and like, Hey, by the way, I was a starter for three years at Oklahoma. I just got in. Can I play? (laughs) Right. That's how he got to Stanford. So, I mean, barring something crazy like that, they're not going to be bringing in transfer. I just feel like they're not going to be able to compete uh, at this level. They get guys transferring out. They got their own players leaving because they can't get into their own graduate school and they're not replacing them with guys coming in. So I, I just don't see it being sustainable if you're Stanford, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Stanford's butt offense. This is from E. Castro, or Ernesto, but he's YouTube on YouTube, E. Castro. Uh, got a question for you. Will Stanford really be butt this year? The new offensive scheme they displayed looked very tough to adjust to. I could see some Pac-12 teams having a difficult time defending this offense. Talking about the slow mesh. What's your take, and could you see Stanford gaining some more wins from your early season 
predictions. Keep up the great job. Fight on, Ernesto. I kind of do. David's like not letting me say no, Stanford's going to be. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to like say Stanford's not going to be, but. No, they're ass. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's it. Nice. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Ernesto. <laughs> Uh, this is from, well, that was an invitation to go to a panel. Um, this this is from Ross, uh, OOC out of conference. Hey guys, this one is for David. Did UCLA schedule the easiest, uh, out of conference schedule known to man to pad chips win percentage, or was there some scheduling issues that led to this Michigan canceled? Um, but the big question is why the hell UCLA ever scheduled Bowling Green in South Alabama? If you want a question, it's not whether or not UCLA should have scheduled an FCS. That's actually cool. That was fine. Uh, it's why are Bowling Green and South Alabama ever on the schedule, and why are they ever on the schedule in the same year? That's yeah, the question. That's true. Uh, but you know, you just gave Chip an extension. I think you want to make sure that I that you want to pad gosh, that. Boy, howdy. Those, yeah, yeah. Going to the big, yeah. you know, he's going to be the, the coach going into the Big Ten in a couple of years. Uh-huh. So you want to make sure he's got a lot of momentum, a lot of support, maybe another extension. You know, I think that's what you got. You got to go all in. Transfer you, baby. Uh, we got a text message, Jeff in New Mexico, Ryan and Dave love the show and would be sad to see the end of your roast of Pac-12 football. If you decide to shift to big, uh, big 10 podcast, but I'll listen to that too. Uh, what would be your current big 10 power rankings? If USC and UCLA were already in the conference, holy crap. I have no idea. I'm not watching big 10 football right now. Get out of here. <laughs> Jeff. I don't care. Well, first of all, Jeff, thank you for, for listening and, and saying you would come along, um, yeah, don't know enough about the Big Ten right now, but we did pick both pick Washington to cover three and a half points over Michigan State. So we'll see. <laughs> what? New comment from Dustin E twenty one. Dave will lick the slow mesh off of David Shaw's boots while the Ford becomes bowl eligible. Yeah, was it, that's not our. Um, that's not the Zodiac Killer. right? That is the Zodiac Killer. I'm pretty sure. Is it? Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks for taking out. You know, first of all, to watch this live, I know uh, the mornings are you know how can underrated you hear us murder over the screams. Yeah, <laughs> underrated murdering time. So, thank you for whatever stopping whatever crime you were committing, heinous crime. Yeah, uh, major felony to come watch our little show. So thank it. you for that. Yeah, this is from Rusty Fence up for sale. Howdy boys. Uh, several questions about the future of your podcast after the Pac-12 will be reduced to somewhere between four and eleven teams. <laughs> One, with the departure of USC and likely departure of UCLA, I don't think the moniker, quote, podcast of champions will continue to be accurate. Thus, what will you call your podcast beginning in 2024? Okay, so this is actually a, I mean, it's a real thing. Like, the podcast of champions, or the the conference of champions, because the Pac-12 has the most championships, NCAA championships. They won't after USC and UCLA leave, because they have second and third most to Stanford. But all of them have over 100 so 240 championships are leaving for the Big Ten. So will they still – I assume the Pac-12 would still call it the Conference of Champions, and then we would still be the Podcast of Champions. But technically, I don't think it would be accurate. Is that true? I don't think accuracy has ever been our like main thing that we're focusing on. Yeah, and I think you could call yourself the Conference of Champions when you at least – just keep the number. Like, So if it's Pac-12, there's 12 teams. Like if they add like SMU and San Diego State, you're Pac-12, perfect. Right. Um, you could say – Hey, we've still got a lot of championships, and you don't even have 10 teams, Big Ten. So, you know, just take care of your own business before you talk about us not being the Conference of Champions. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, two, you boys planning to move over to the Big Ten? 
Well, the teams we covered will, so we will have to cover them. We sort of have to. Yes. Uh, three, if so, going to put your podcast up for bids? I'd like to buy it. Make a good slot for a cooking show. You bet. Uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, if you want to give us money, we will always accept money. Right. We will. We won't entertain any offer under like 75 cents, but everything above <laughs> that, we would take very seriously. True? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Pig Latin name, sort of. Another Frank in Sacramento email, Dave. I'm loving the name Land Danning and no Bix. <laughs> How about a name for Oregon State's coach? Jonathan Smith, not in Jigba. Wait, John. I don't know. Oh, you're talking about Jonathan Smith Jigba? Jigba? In Jigba? Yeah, he's the Ohio State. Yeah. Leader. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I'm just doing spoonerism. So it's uh, it would be, take, uh, it's like, this one would be Smothathan Jith. That just doesn't work. No. Like, well, because you have to, because of the, the J and the M, you have to actually take the M with you from the Smith. Oh, okay. So it's got to go Smonathan Jith, which isn't, you know, it's not, not it's not bad. It's fine. but right. it's, or it's, it's no Land Danning. But you could go Smon Jith. But the thing is, it's funnier to call Jonathan Smith just John Smith. Yes. That's the funnier one to do. Mm. It's You know, there's 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 nuances to it all. Land Danning is perfect. Like, we have to get people saying... Land Danning. Like, yeah, no, Land Danning's out there now. Like, we need Wilner and Gonzano to talk about the Land Danning. I want on people to slip on TV when they're talking to him and call him Land Danning. Yeah. Good old Land Danning. Perfect. All right, this is from Perk. Uh, we're going through our tour of the Big Ten fan bases. Uh, Nebraska and Wisconsin. Nebraska, nice people that are really into their team. They live and die with every game, and lately they've been dying. They don't bother with talking much trash and have no problem admitting they can't. It's quite sad to hear them reminisce about old times. <laughs> Wisconsin, probably the most rowdy of the fan bases. They can get pretty obnoxious, but then again, the state by far and away leads the country with the most excessive drinkers. They're dedicated to defending the team, their team, especially when it comes to their football and basketball team's archaic offense. When I flew into LAX around the time of the Rose Bowl, I witnessed a fan slap a, a Wisconsin magnet on the rental car and attempt to put a Wisconsin's Badgers license plate holder on. Yikes. Trips to Madison are going to take a lot out of you. Ryan is going to have to double the, his amount of beach volleyball this week after because it is imp- uh, the week after because it is impossible to eat in Wisconsin without gaining 15 pounds. I feel bad for Dave and great for the other listeners because Wisconsin's a swing state, and I'm sure his political takes will hit a nerve. Nice. Have a great weekend, Perk. Thanks, Perk. Love it. These have been great additions. Yeah. Um, is that the... We got one more. It's Bizarre timeout decisions. This is from Brian, the Beaver fan. I attended last week's SC versus Ferd game on the farm, and as an OSU alum with my USC alum father. Uh, at the end of the game, with Stanford down 13, Tanner McKee took a sack with a minute 24 left in the game. Ferd then let the clock run down, uh, run off 30 seconds, only to call a draw on third and 18. I think you were referring to this yes. earlier, David. Uh, my father and I headed for the exits. We saw Stanford then decide to pass again and allow McKee to take another hit. Can you explain this to me? Is David Shaw just this much of an idiot to seemingly concede the game only to let his quarterback take another meaningless shot. Also, I believe they still had timeouts left. Was Shaw just uninterested in allowing for the possibility of a miracle win? 13 points in two minutes had certainly happened before. It was one, uh, if it was, if it was one of the 12 Ferd fans, if I was one of the 12 Ferd fans, I'd be livid. Uh, thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was friggin' ridiculous. Yeah. You got to still try at that point. If it's like a minute to go, you don't have to. But you had enough time. Like, I've seen that happen before. Right. It's not... It's like, not it's like, not out of the realm of possibility that you would have been able to score pretty quickly and then get the ball back on an onside kick and score again. Yeah. Like, it happens. 
It's one of the things like if it's happened before, you kind of try like if you know, hey, you're down seven, and there's like nine seconds left. Like, can you steal the inbound and hit a three? You know, like we've seen it happen before. Like scoring whatever nine points in nine seconds. Like it's, it's happened. Yeah, and it's not even that. Like the thing is, it's two scores in football. How often does that happen in under three minutes? Yeah, often enough. I mean, you score, and you get the onside kick, yeah. and you score, and like I don't know, it's it's not like, I mean, it's not easy but it's it's certainly possible yeah secondly i got home from the farm to see the end of my beeves close game with fresno this time tedford decided to ice our kicker on a field goal to tie from the two-yard line oregon state took that time to decide to go for the win and just and got just that running and got just that running the only play we ever run to jack coletto uh which fresno was somehow not prepared for is there any reason to defend tedford's actions was he hoping by icing our kicker he'd panic our glorified PAT? Seems odd that Fresno would just happily accept an overtime chance uh, at the win. Thanks, guys. Love the show, uh, especially the non-football-related content. Go Beavs from Brian. I wasn't. I don't care. I mean, it's 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 you can't take them with you, so why not? Um, I think it gave Oregon State a little bit too much time to think, but right. You know, I mean, it's not like they did anything super creative. They just put the hammer in there and said let's go for it i feel uh, like this does happen sometimes though where people are like calling timeouts and you're actually helping the like if the opponent is scrambling is it better to not call timeout just let them kind of scramble and figure out what's going on yeah you know? i i think there's ways to go on either side of it right but, but i, I, I wouldn't I been critical get, of i didn't get too excited about it no, no. i wouldn't have been critical of this because it's just like yeah i mean you know you did give them time to change their mind but you might have won the game there i don't know yep uh all right I think we got to wrap it up. We, we got to wrap it up. That was a pretty tight, like hour and a half. Pretty tight to go through all those games. We yeah, kinda... we went we went fast. We went fast and loose. I didn't spend a lot of time just talking about Phoenix, but the thing is, we also had a long soliloquy about whether it's longer to walk or sail um, to two different locations in the Pac-12 footprint. That's true. So we need someone to. Has uh, anyone like chimed in on that? Like, what... yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of chiming in, but we need a we need a breakdown via email. I think. Yeah, so we could read it. Yeah. Um, nice. Give us like the marching speed of Stonewall Jackson's Army of the Shenandoah <laughs> in the 1862 uh, c- campaign in the Shenandoah Valley. How long was his march to the sea? Like how? Oh, is it Sherman's? Sherman's. So right. Sherman marched to the sea. Um, I mean, like how it many took miles? a while. He oh, was because not... you got to stop and fight. Yeah, you know? it, w- it wasn't even fighting. I mean, it was just running Joe Johnston's army into the <laughs> ground. Um, but we're assuming you're not fighting on the way to walking to Utah. Yeah, you're not fighting, and you're not like having to march in line. But and you could stay at a hotel. This is why I went with the the Stonewall Jackson Foot Cavalry because they were moving at like 35, 40 miles an hour or forty miles per day. Okay, um, and then they had to get all the way from the Shenandoah Valley down to the peninsula uh, for that campaign. They were tired though; they arrived late. Hmm. Um, so I guess my long my long thing here is uh, is that speed is that the speed that we're committing to going when we're walking? Yeah. And if we are, how does that compare to sailing a boat up the coast? Right. Talk to me about the tides. Talk to me about the various winds. How do you sail from south to north? Hmm. You know, do the winds do the winds carry you that way? Do you have to go out to sea a stretch and then come back in? I want to hear Tacking. it all. Give me everything you've got. Thanks. Send us an email to that one. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up. Uh, enjoy your fun, action-packed weekend of Pac-12 football. Week three. We'll be back next week. Breaking it all down and then getting into the previews for the conference slate, which we love, we love, we love. 
For David Woods, I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Champions and watching if you happen to be on our YouTube channel. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Phoenix. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.